Hello, my friend. I'm so glad that you could take a few minutes of your time and join me for our current series, which is called The Sword of the Spirit. And this is part number four. As we've been looking into the Word of God, we have found it defined for us as living bread. We have found the Word of God to be seed that needs to be sown into the good soil of our hearts. We've also found that the Word often comes to us like rain coming down out of the heavens. But also, and very importantly, the Word of God is described for us in Hebrews 4.12 as a two-edged sword. I believe that this is a very important part, not only of the full armor of God that God has entrusted to us, but it's part of his plan as to how we live in our freedom and victory each day of the journey of our lives. Is there any better weapon available to us than the sword of the Spirit when it comes to defeating he whom the Bible describes as the author of confusion and the father of lies and the accuser of the brethren? The weapon that Jesus himself used against the tempter was each time the enemy advanced, Jesus responded with, it is written, and he would speak the word of God. There is no greater weapon than the dynamic design of the, of the Word of God called the two-edged sword. It's two-edged because a double-edged sword is designed where both sides of the blades have a purpose and have a dynamic effect. And we're going to look into that two-edged design in a little bit and how that word works in our own lives. Some time ago, I was privileged to go to Stirling, Scotland, and go to the uh, William Wallace Monument there. Uh, many of you remember the, uh, w the movie Braveheart, where William Wallace, Scotland's, one of Scotland's greatest patriotic heroes, led a revolt uh, to set Scotland free from the rule of England. Well, in Braveheart, and of course in actual history, uh, he was known to wield a powerful, powerful sword. It was like five foot six long, five feet six inches long. Uh, it was a two-edged sword. But when you're standing next to this sword, it is uh, very, very powerful to view such a powerful weapon. And when I was there looking at this sword in the Wallace Monument, it dawned on me that if this sword had been put into my hands, it would not have been nearly as effective as it was in the hands of William Wallace. You say, why? Primarily because I am not trained in the use of a sword and a double-edged sword, body sword at that. It's a call it body sword or a two-hand sword because it's so big and powerful. In that same way, we have to understand that the Bible by itself does not do you 
a great service unless, of course, you take it in as the living bread. You sow the seed into the good soil of your heart. You receive the fresh rain that comes down, bringing refreshing and, and strength to your life. Or in the way that we're looking at it today, that you learn how to use or wield this two-edged sword, especially when it comes to defeating or keeping in check your enemy. Uh, after all, um, your enemy has uh, already been defeated, dethroned, detoothed. All he has is lies and deception. And so we must fill our hearts, our minds, our mouth with God's word, with this two-edged sword. And so when you fill your heart with the word and you let it renew your mind and you fill your mouth, especially in times of adversity or temptation or challenge, you are then actually using this two-edged sword in its dynamic effect. I believe that there is a process that we go through from when we are saved until we walk as mature Christians in this present age. It's not automatic. It's not something that happens just because spiritually you are gaining age chronologically in years. It's something that must be invested in, in the, in the same way that your parents sent you to school and you learned how to do math, you learned how to read, you learned science and history, those things that today many of us, including me, often take for granted because we just know these things. Of course, we've always got room to improve, but in the same way, we must learn how the Word of God works and learn to wield it in our lives. Regrettably, um, many Christians will never go beyond their initial conversion experience into understanding the ways of God. I want to encourage you that you take up your daily bread and you let the Spirit of God teach you His ways, His will, His Word, and not only how to feed your spirit uh, as you're in this world and need your sustenance and strength, not only as it's sown into your heart as good seed, but also how to wield this sword in the face of deception and manipulative spirits in this age that would endeavor to oppress and control your lives, your family, your future. Take this word of God to heart. Fill, it, fill your mouth and let it renew your mind so that you can walk in the victory and liberty that God intended for you. Many Christians are not aware how powerful the word of God is when it's in your heart and in your mouth. Jesus, literally teaching on faith, said, Whosoever would say, speak to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will come to pass, he goes on to say, he will have whatsoever he has declared. That's just a glimpse that we have into how dynamic and powerful the Word of God is when it comes into your heart and into your mouth. Listen to the actual description from the Amplified Translation of Hebrews 4.12. It says, the word that God speaks, it is alive and it is full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates to the dividing line of the breath of life 
the soul and the immortal spirit of the joints and the marrow. In other words, of the deepest parts of our own nature, it is exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and the purposes of the heart. This is one of the reasons why for, for many, and including myself at times, when you are looking into the Word of God, it's uncomfortable because simultaneously that Word is looking into you. That's part of the design of the two-edged sword. You're looking into it. It is judging and sifting and analyzing the very thoughts and the motives of our hearts. But this is all God's design. This is not only so that our eyes and our hearts are open to the schemes and the operations of the deceiver and the accuser of the brethren, but also the Word of God will protect you from yourself, from your soul, or from your emotions that oftentimes, if they're, if they're operating in love, fantastic. But oftentimes, our flesh gets involved. Well, the Word of God is dynamic in how it will reveal even to you, in the face of challenge, your motives and, and the condition of, of your heart. This is, I believe, uh, part of God's design. I remember reading when Moses was used by God to bring the people of God, the children of Israel, out of Egypt, and they were headed to Canaan land. And if you remember, Moses and the people of God were in a tight spot. They had the Red Sea in front of them. They had Pharaoh's army charging from behind. And Moses, he lifts up his voice to God and he says, where are you? What, what have you done? You, you've brought us to the edge of the sea. Will you deliver us? Remember what God said to Moses. He said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? See, Moses had the rod that God had entrusted to him, but he was not aware as to how powerful that rod was. And in the same way, we, could, we look at, at Moses, what do you have in your hand? I believe that the Spirit of God is speaking to us in this hour, and he is saying, when we are crying out in trouble, we've got... We've got trouble on the, on the front. We've got trouble coming from the back. We're surrounded by chaos and deception. God, will you deliver us? I can hear the Spirit of God saying, What do you have in your mouth? Oftentimes, God will cause a word to rise up from the good soil of your heart that you can speak with authority and declaration, convinced in faith that the God who spoke this word is faithful, willing, and able also to perform it in and through your life. But he cannot fill your mouth with what you have not filled your heart with. I'm going to repeat that. God cannot fill your mouth with what you have not filled your heart with. When you're spending time in the Word of God and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to sow good seed into the soil of your heart, you're, you're hiding things away. You're allowing Him to uh, cultivate and germinate truths that in the right moment, at the right time, the Spirit of God is going to cause to come fresh revelation of what the Bible reveals as a rhema word that all of a sudden you're going to 
be in the face of challenge and adversity, you're going to know exactly what to say. You're going to say it in the convincing power of faith, the authority of the name of Jesus, and you're going to see God part the Red Sea, and you are going to walk across on dry land. This is how God often works in our lives. It's not something that we need to look to heaven. Uh, will you come down and save us? Will you someday do something? That He's done everything that he is going to do. He's provided everything that we need for free and victorious living in this world. And a big part of it is revealed in his word and learning the dynamics of how to use his word, the living bread, the living seed, the refreshing rain, but also, very importantly, this two-edged sword. But the sword itself is no threat to your enemy unless you learn how to use it, unless you come to the awareness of how powerful, like the rod of Moses in his hand, is the Word of God in your mouth. So let's take a moment and consider this phrase, a two-edged sword, which means both sides of the blade are dynamic in its working, and oftentimes at one time it's accomplishing two things. One of the things that a two-edged sword given to us by God accomplishes is it keeps your spirit while it kills your flesh. When you are hiding the Word of God in your heart and you're spending time in communion with the Spirit of Truth over His Word, He is cultivating his life within your spirit man. But at the same time, he is causing the power of your flesh uh, to be destroyed. It keeps the spirit, it destroys the flesh. You remember when Adam and Eve were banned from the Garden of Eden? Well, it wasn't just a place on earth. It was also fellowship with God and communion with, with his presence there in that place. Well, when Adam and Eve were banned from the garden, an angel of the Lord came and set a flaming sword at the edge of the garden. That, that is exactly how the Word of God works in our, our lives. That sword of the Spirit, it keeps us in communion with God and His presence in our lives while it keeps our flesh from acting out or following its agenda, which is ultimately, of course, sin and destruction. So the, the two-edged sword of the Word of God, it's life to your spirit, but it is destructive to the corrosion and uh, the workings of the flesh. Another way that we can consider the two-edged sword is it both at one time, it convicts us of sin while it comforts us with the promise of forgiveness uh, for those who have turned their hearts over to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Consider it this way for a moment. When there is a foreign object or there is a disease that must be removed for the health of your body. Oftentimes we will go under the knife, uh, that surgeon's scalpel, which we're hoping is in trained hands, uh, accurate hands, that it's used effectively. Well, if you just have a scalpel in the hands of a criminal, that spells trouble. But if you have a surgeon's scalpel in the hands of a well-intended, 
trained and ready, awake and sober surgeon, then you oftentimes are going to find the help that your flesh is looking for. This double-edged sword, it's designed, again, when we're looking into it, it's looking into us and it has the power to convict us, not condemn us. That is the voice of the accuser. The voice of the word, the voice of Jesus will come and bring conviction, which is the stirring of the heart toward God and away from sin and the workings of the flesh in the world. While at the same time, it brings such comfort because after all, why would he be convicting you if he's drawing you to repentance only to reject you? No, he's drawing you to repentance because he wants to forgive you and cause that cancerous tumor called sin to be cut out of your life, not just the act itself, but the root and, and uh, the stronghold that has the potential just to continues to repeat in your life and in your soul. The Word of God, go, it, it, let's look at another way it, it works in two ways. It roots out and it pulls down. It has the power to go in like that surgeon's scalpel and root out bitterness, root out uh, strongholds and those temptations that constantly reoccur and, and iniquity that has potentially ruled your life for, for years. If you will give the, the Word of God this two-edged sword, it's divine opportunity. My friend, it can make you free. Jesus said you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He's speaking of His Word. It has the power both to root out and to pull down, but simultaneously to see, to plant, and to build up. As we give place to the Word of God, it has a dynamic working in our hearts, in our minds, in the world around us as we effectively speak His Word in faith. One of the ways that we can describe this two-edged sword is the Word of God at one time, it both covers and it reveals the mysteries of God. You know, it's the way that Jesus described it, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has eyes to see, let him see. Throughout the Word of God and specifically in the New Testament, it is revealed that there are mysteries and truths that are covered and are, are hidden away only for the redeemed, those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes it can be frustrating when you're speaking to someone in the world, they don't have a relationship with God, or, or perhaps they have given their lives to Jesus, but they don't read the Bible. They don't spend time with the Holy Spirit called truth. It can be frustrating when you're trying to convey a mystery. You're trying to convey something that only by God's grace and spirit of truth have you come to understand 
but you're trying to reveal it to someone who has no understanding. My friend, you can speak until you are blue in the face. You can go up one side of that mystery and down the other side and describe it to a T and do the very, very best you can. But until the Spirit of God helps someone who He alone knows the condition and the posture of their hearts, are they going to understand these mysteries? And it's a, it is a amazing way, a dynamic, how this word works in our hearts and in our lives. It covers and it reveals the mysteries of God at one time. So anytime you come to the word of God, I would always uh, recommend that you spend a few moments in prayer and asking God, Holy Spirit of truth, just like this prayer of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 1, I'm asking that you would give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That, Lord, you would open up the eyes of my heart so that I can see, know, and understand what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of your glory, of the inheritance that is mine in Jesus Christ. Lord, would you open my eyes as I read your word so that I can come to understand and activate in my life what is the exceeding greatness of your power working in me now as a believer. That same power that you worked in Jesus Christ when you raised him up from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That same power, that same authority that God used to raise Jesus up from the hold of death itself is activated in our lives as we allow the Word of God to be activated in our hearts and in our mouths. And in that process, it's going to renew your mind as well. So this two-edged sword, it keeps your spirit it kills your flesh. It convicts of sin and comforts with the promise of forgiveness at the same time. Remember, for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but walk in the Spirit, there is no condemnation. There is only forgiveness, redemption, and the righteousness of God that is ours through His Son, Jesus Christ. See, the, the enemy can only advance in your life in areas where you do not have the truth. In every area where you have the truth of the blessing of God, the favor of God, the forgiveness of God, uh, the intentions and the power of God revealed in your heart from His Spirit and from His Word. The enemy has no advance. All you have to do is let that Word rise up and declare, just like Jesus did, it is written. I am blessed coming in. I am blessed going out. That's what the Bible says. That's what this two-edged sword said. I, I am blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I am surrounded with God's favor like a shield. It is Jesus Christ who is alive in me. Therefore, I am strong in him and in the power of his might. I'm strong in my spirit. I'm strong in my soul. I'm strong in my body. I'm declaring that my family is strong. My finances are strong. My, my future is strong. You say, Art, what are you, what are you doing? I'm just wielding the sword. I'm just sowing good seed. I'm just eating of the living bread called the Word of God. All of this working together 
impacts not only how I think and how I talk and how I operate in my world, but it also affects my world around me. This is God's design of the sword of the Spirit. So I want to encourage you, let's go on uh, as, as we finish this, this part of the series out. It both roots out and pulls down, while at the same time it sows good seed and builds up. This is what God spoke to Jeremiah. He said, I've put my word in your mouth. It's not just in your mind. It's not just on, on paper, but I've put my word in your mouth. I like to always remind us, if God is going to change your life, he must change your mouth. You're going to have the words that you speak. If you speak worry, fear, anxiety, and you're just talking about the way that things are all the time, things are not going to change and they're certainly not going to get better. But if you will speak the Word of God, He, Jesus, the Bible says, calls those things that be not even as He quickens the dead. If you will speak the Word of God, it is that Word spoken in faith that God watches over to perform. So if things need to be rooted out, iniquity, uh, strongholds, temptation, fears, worry, attitudes, personality traits that go back to uh, how you were raised and you say, I am just tired of thinking this way. I'm, I'm tired of acting this way. Let the Word of God both root that out and plant the new strongholds that are not only pleasing to God, but my friend, they will be pleasing to you as well as you enjoy the life and the victory that God has intended. The Word of God, it both covers and it reveals the mysteries of God. And finally, this two-edged sword it both, at once, it defends me and it defeats my enemy. It defends you and it defeats your enemy. When you learn the power of God's Word that He has given us, do you remember in Hebrews, uh, the Word of God says that all of the worlds were framed by the Word of God, that He created everything by the power of His Word. And even now, He holds all things together by the power of His Word. In that same way, He has given us the, the virtue, the power, and the promises of His Word at our disposal that we can learn to wield as a two-edged sword. It will defend you, and at the same time, it will defeat your enemy. As we continue in our series, in our, our, our next study, we're going to look at a scripture in Acts chapter uh, 20, verse 32. It says this, My brother, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. In that scripture, we're going to discover how it is that the Word of God literally not only builds your faith, but did you know that it will build your, your mind, your will, your emotions? It will transform you through the renewing of your mind. It will cause habits 
to change. It will cause desires and addictions to change because ultimately in this aspect of the sword of the spirit, it is building you up and it is giving you your rightful inheritance that Jesus paid for in full for your blessing and for your life. The Bible calls each one of us who have given our lives to Jesus heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That word joint means co or equal heir. That means everything that God has given his son, Jesus Christ, he has given to us. But we're only going to learn that and be able to activate that inheritance as we give place to God's word. I hope that you will continue with these uh, studies and join me as we continue to grow in the things of God. Let's take a moment to, to pray together. Father, how grateful we are for your Son, Jesus Christ, that you sent into our world to save us from the powers of sin and death. Lord, also how thankful we are for the abiding promise of your Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who searches out even the deep things, the mysteries of God, and comes with a desire to reveal them to us. So, Father, we thank you for your word that the Holy Spirit of truth uses to not only teach us your will and your ways, but, Father, most importantly, he, the Spirit of truth, reveals you to us in a dynamic way that we can both see and understand and benefit by. Father, how greatly we want to know you, your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit of truth who lives with us and walks with us and helps us in every turn of our lives. Father, we honor your word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. We honor your word as life to all who find it and health to their flesh. And Lord, we rejoice in your word as those who have found great treasure. Thank you for helping us understand it and grow within it. Lord, help us to wield this two-edged sword effectively in our lives so that we can live in the victory and in the freedom that you have intended and paid for through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like any more information about Art Evans Ministries, you can go to artevans.com and it is full of all the information that you would need. And I am looking forward to our study next time. God bless you, my friend.